One of the subjects we're going to have to talk about this week is one that infuriates me to, to no end, to no end, and we'll dive into the details about it. You, you should already know what it is. It's the hot topic of the past week, and if, if you still don't know, and I tell you, and this is your first time hearing it, it's just a pure example of, of how messed up the media can be. So there's that story, which will take the main focus of today's program. There's also the question of changing technologies, how advanced they're getting. Yeah, there's another court case where the police tried to get information from a smart device. We'll have to talk a little bit about that, too. All this and a little bit more coming up. Thanks for tuning in. As the doctor would say, Alonzi! This is FritzCast. Happy New Week. Happy New Week. Everybody should start their week. Happy New Week. (laughs) It's Monday, January 9th, 2017. I am proud of myself this year. I have yet, yet, I have yet to accidentally write 2016 on any paperwork, any checks, anything like that. I have yet to make that mistake, which tells me that uh, I should be in good shape for the rest of the year, right? I should be good. I shouldn't be making that mistake. Now that I've said that, next week I'll probably have to write a check or or, or do something of that nature, and it's not going to work out so hot. You know what I mean? It's crazy. It's been an eventful week for me. Uh, I know last week we did a Tuesday episode. And it was after I took uh, the the test for promotion at work, which we've already been through. I've been through how ridiculous that was. Don't really want to talk about it again. I don't. But I look forward to promotional opportunities. I do. This uh, this week wrapped up my uh, second to last block of classes for school. I like. I know I've been saying, oh, I think I'm done in March or April. I I now know I will be done March. I start new sets of classes today, in fact. And uh, my last block of classes, one of them was a, a, like business communications, which was an interesting class. It gave me a lot of different writing techniques, styles, different approaches, things that I can use uh, in my life in, in both a professional setting and a not professional setting. The other class was public policy. And so obviously that interested me heavily because it involves politics, whether you like it or not. And my final paper I had to write was uh, I had to pick a policy issue and come up with a solution for it. And I I chose, stupidly, I chose taxes. I chose to write about taxes. Taxes. I can't even, I couldn't even begin I was doing all this different research to figure out what uh, figure out what was wrong with our tax system, and there's so much wrong with our tax system that it's not even funny. It's not even funny, 
and it started it, it really swayed my opinion because uh in the steps leading up to the 2016 election i was already paying more attention to these politicians and what they were saying about tax plans i was already like you know ted cruz for example i don't like ted cruz he rubs me the wrong way but i liked the fact that he stood up there during the uh presidential primary process during those debates he stood up there and he said tax the tax system has got to be chopped uh you know it has to be really thrown through the shredder and redone and everybody should be able to do their taxes on a postcard okay simplicity the tax code and mind you all the research i had to do was through peer reviewed scholarly articles on it okay our tax code is thousands of pages long thousands of pages long we we are in a quote progressive tax system where the more money you make whatever income bracket you fall under you know you you pay more as it as you progress upwards and it's ridiculous that's not what the it's not necessarily the progressive tax system that's ridiculous what's ridiculous is how many tax credits tax write-offs all these different things that pop up because there's thousands of pages there's like 10 million words in the tax code yes one of the articles broke it down by how many words there are somebody out there took that much time in their life to count the words in the tax code or it was typed up in a word doc and just gave a word count I don't know I, I don't know how that works all I can all I can tell you is that one of the things that started me steering away from Bernie Sanders was when he was talking about we need to create X, Y, and Z law to close X, Y, and Z loopholes in the tax code. And to me, I thought, why the hell are you doing that? The tax code's already confusing enough. Okay, you have entire industries dedicated to taxes. Like literally dedicated lawyers attorneys whatever you want to call them combing through these for big businesses to find the tax breaks the tax credits what have you but there's also a whole division doing it for the common folk who don't understand what they're supposed to do with their taxes they don't want to use TurboTax and do it themselves so they hire a tax guy. The tax guy combs through, makes sure that uh, they're saving every last dollar. That's the that's the name of the game with taxes. Everybody's trying to save a buck instead of pay a buck. Now you might be sitting here and saying, "Hey, Fritz, you say you're kind of a libertarianish kind of guy. Isn't taxation theft?" Okay, I could go on a long debate about it. I'm I'm the necessary evil guy. The the government is the necessary evil. I want it constrained, limited, let playing lesser roles in in our lives and our day-to-day lives. But it's still a necessary evil. It still needs to be in place and you still need to have taxes. Right? So anyway, beside the point my argument more so is not against income taxes because that's money that you earned. You should keep every dollar that you earn. That's my philosophy. 
You you went out and busted your hump. You shouldn't have to pay in to a system that you might not want to use, i.e. Social Security, for example. They keep talking about Social Security and how it needs to be kept up and propped up. Social Security was invented at a different time with different lifestyles when, you know, the, the rate of people living and dying was way different than what it is today. And so was money. You know, does the government do better at uh, planning for people's retirements or do you educate people and give them all the private options in the world out there? Because we've already proven time and again that having a government option as a, quote, guarantee doesn't work. Or at least it's not immune. It's not immune to financial setbacks. It is. People got to wipe out of their minds that there's some kind of cushy guarantee that says life's going to be okay. Life gets rough. Life gets hard. And nothing's guaranteed. I try to tell people at work all the time. They're like, well, I'm sticking around for my 25 years to get my pension on lock because that can't be taken away from me. Oh, yes, it can. Yes, it can. There's such thing as pension freezes, renegotiations, and tweaking with that. It's not money that's guaranteed to come to you at all. So what's the difference between paying into a pension or paying into a private 401k? Really, what's the difference? At, at any point, in, in, in the case of like my job, I'm forced to pay that pension regardless of what my goals are. And my goals are not to stay there for 25 years and collect that pension. So, me spitting out the 100 bucks is a waste of my time. It's a waste of my money. Now, my understanding, I leave work on good terms. Like, I, I, I move on to greener pastures, and they have to pay back what I paid into it, supposedly. But that's just that, that's an example I'm getting at. I had to review all these other tax systems, though. Our progressive tax system, system versus a flat tax system versus the fair tax system. And my conclusion was anything would be better than what we have right now. My God. There are so many loopholes and deductions. And, and then you got to watch, you got to look, look for things on YouTube and the Internet. Look for presentations by, like, John Stossel on his program, okay? There's companies out there that don't pay anything in taxes, okay? When you can get some kind of kickback from the government for, you know, oh, you're uh, promoting the energy efficiency, so we're going to give you a tax incentive. And so not only do you not pay a dime in taxes, but we're actually giving you money. Like, here, money, have, have fun, have at. This is because you're, you're a good company. No, I'm sorry. Uh, fair share would just say there's no magical deductions to get you out of it. If you ask me, that's my logical approach. And case in point, I'm ranting. Uh, case in point, I did this paper, and by the time I was done writing this paper, I was really pissed off that I chose taxes. So, so thank you. Thank you, Dr. Zacho Smith, for, for telling me taxes was a good idea to pick. It wasn't. It was a terrible. I mean, it was very educational, very eye-opening, because I d there were facets that I didn't understand beforehand. But my God, and that ate up so much of my week, ate up so much of my free time. It's time that I could have spent watching Doctor Who. 
Yeah, Doctor Who, I've become obsessed now. Thanks, babe. It's all her fault. She's going to blame it on her cousin, Maddie. Thanks, Maddie. She's probably going to blame it on something else. I don't know. Whoever is to blame, thank you. Really, no, thank you. (laughs) Thanks to Amazon Prime and video streaming and all that. I don't really watch live television as it is. You know, I, I watch media, the news, commentaries. I watch that stuff. Because it interests me now. That's not to say I don't like, you know, fictional shows or movies. I I, I think I've made it a point that I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan and all that. I guess it's just because I can binge watch Doctor Who. So, it's all on Amazon Prime. I started with uh, the ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston. Which, the first couple episodes are really hard to get through. Because it was back in, you know, the early 2000s, so... The graphics, the CGI in it is terrible. Not to knock it, though. It's terrible. But then it was just understanding things because Doctor Who is just chaos. It's chaos. If you don't know Doctor Who and I sit here and try to explain it, it's very hard to explain it. You just got to sit there and watch it and you'll slowly learn about it and then you'll get obsessed and be like, I need to watch the next episode. I need to watch the next episode. Don't talk to me. I need to watch Doctor Who. So I started not that long ago, like a little bit before Christmas, and now I'm on season five already, trucking along. I'm on Matt Smith, Doctor. I, I'm i trying, like, I got attached to Tenet, which I think everybody did, who was a Doctor Who fan. I, can, yeah, I don't want to debate that aspect of who's, who's the better Doctor. Um, it's a nice story, and the Doctor changes, so it's nice to go along with the changes. I'm on Matt Smith now. I have a feeling that Capaldi, the current doctor, is going to be my favorite. But we'll see. It's a journey, and we're taking it, and we're going as we go. That's my week in a nutshell. It was finishing my school finals, which I hate. Luckily, I'm uh, in my last two classes. That's a beautiful thing. Very beautiful thing. Because when I'm done... A, I'm done, I'll have my degree, and I'll have more time to watch Doctor Who. I'll probably be done it before the end of the semester, honestly. But March is looking good, baby. March. So long as I don't fumble the ball and pass, I can say I have my college degree. Look at me. Then we can have a long discussion about how school was. Speaking of discussion, though, it's time to talk about that story that I was referring to, the, the one that you should already know about. I'm taking all information from an ABC News article on this, but you can find it almost anywhere, although it's uh, at this point it's kind of buried. It's not a, a focal point anymore. There are four suspects facing hate crime charges. Let's go through them. This, this happened in Chicago. Okay, the story is these four people kidnapped and live streamed on Facebook torturing a man. Okay, the suspects are three of them are 18 years old and one of them is 24 years old. I mean, hell, the story gives names. Why not? Okay, so the Illinois suspects identified by prosecutors as Jordan Hill, 18, 
Tess Faye Cooper, 18, Brittany Covington, 18, and Tanisha Covington, 24, of Chicago. Aggravated kidnapping, aggravated unlawful restraint, aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Hill, Cooper, and Covington, Brittany Covington, were additionally charged with residential burglary. Hill was also charged with possession of a stolen motor vehicle, according to the Cook County State Attorney's Office. They appeared in bond court Friday afternoon. They have yet to enter their pleas. Here's what we know. The victim was 18-year-old man, from what I can tell, unnamed. In this article, unnamed at least. 18-year-old man who police officials say have, quote, mental health challenges. He was dropped off, dropped off by his parents at a McDonald's restaurant in Streamwood, a suburban of northwest Chicago, on Saturday. They believed he would spend the night with Hill, his friend and school acquaintance, according to Chicago PD Commander Kevin Duffin. Hill allegedly picked up the victim in a stolen van, which the victim assumed was Hill's. The two drove to Chicago's west side, where they visited with friends for two days and slept in the van overnight. The victim's parents went to Streamwood Police and reported him missing Monday night. They told police they had not heard from their son since Saturday when they dropped him off, according to the police report. This article further goes on to state, quote, On Tuesday, the victim and Hill went to the apartment of the Covingtons, who are sisters. Several hours later, a, quote, play fight between the victim and Hill escalated, and the suspects bound him and began to assault him. That's when racial slurs and references to his mental capacity start coming out, Duffin said at a news conference on Thursday. That's primarily one of the reasons why they were charged with the hate crime. Video of this incident was posted live on Facebook but was later removed. Social media company said it does not allow people to celebrate or glorify crimes on Facebook. The video in question, which by the way you can find, it's on the internet, so it's there. And I I suggest, obviously, if you're faint of heart and you can't stomach cruelty, don't watch it. But if you want an education and seeing how deplorable people can be, go and watch it. Reading again from the article, the video shows the victim, a white man with his mouth taped shut as his captors appear to repeatedly assault him. In the video, someone's heard yelling, Fuck white people. Sorry for the language. Just quoting verbatim here. And at one point, the victim was threatened with a knife and told to curse President-elect Donald Trump. Quote, say fuck Donald Trump, someone is heard saying. Fuck Donald Trump, the victim says. After nearly six hours of being tormented by his captors Tuesday... The victim managed to free himself and escape after the suspects left the apartment to confront a neighbor on a lower floor who had complained about the noise they were making. The neighbor complained to the Covingtons and threatened to call the police if the noise didn't stop. The sisters were angry about being asked to quiet down, so they left the apartment and went downstairs to kick the neighbor's door. K. 
kick in the neighbor's door. My bad. That provided the alleged victim with an opportunity to flee the building. The officer said the victim was wearing jean shorts, sandals, and an inside-out backward tank top. Despite the frigid temperatures, the man was bloody battered when uh, Donnelly, Officer Michael Donnelly, approached him. Said he called in an ambulance and left the victim with two other officers, then went to investigate at the Covington's building. The man was transported to a nearby hospital for treatment. There's only... There's two types of people in this world. In my in my book. The people who would look at this and go, that's horrific. Just looking at the underlying facts without diving too deeply into it. Four human beings bound up and torture a man that's deplorable that is god awful behavior that is no decency no respect for human life no respect for an individual that is just pure hate unadulterated there's no excuse no justification. There's nothing. It's disgusting. There's not enough. I, I, there's not enough words to paint a picture of how vile a story like this is, without throwing in anything else. Without bringing in race ethnicity, gender, politics, mental stability or capability. You, you don't need any of those details, almost. To think that this story is disgusting. The media was kind of silent about it. And I mean really kind of silent. There was people that I tried talking to about this story. And more than 50% of the time, the reactions I got from people was, wait, what? When did this happen? Because they didn't know. Maybe it's because it's an awkward story. Maybe because it's a it's a touchy subject. I I, I hope you realize I didn't mention any anything else. I don't think I in reading that stuff. I don't think I mentioned the fact that the four suspects were African American and the abducted person was in fact a white individual. And that's because race doesn't matter. That does not play a factor into this whatsoever. Ever. I don't like looking at things that way. I don't like judging anybody by their race. I don't like focusing on that because it's just literally skin pigmentation. I like looking at individuals and judging them based on their actions. And the actions of this are just goddamn disgusting. And I'm sorry the language. I've tried conveying it in different words. I tried sitting down this weekend and writing it out better 
and more professionally than that. But uh, to me, there's just no way I can convey it, man. There's one thing I like to say about life that I've learned throughout the years, and, and, and the further I go, the more I realize that the world isn't so much black and white. It is varying shades of gray. But that's all based on situations and situationally. And looking at this situation for what it is, just as an isolated incident, before we even dive into the details of it, when you just hear four human beings kidnapped and tortured one individual, that is screwed up. Where is your goddamn decency? Where is your respect for life? And I don't care how wrong you've been, how, how wronged you've been in your life. The moral of the story is it doesn't matter how wronged you've been in your life. You don't just pick somebody out of the blue and just beat the shit out of them. Because it's wrong. There is one thing that's black and white. And that is your actions. Your choices. I judge people by the content of their character. Because character means something. Despite the fact of what the world seems to think nowadays. how people seem to think nowadays. What, whatever happened to character? Whatever happened to your actions? What you choose to do? These four individuals made a choice. And I don't want to hear any bullshit excuses. Because that's what they are. They are Bullshit excuses. It's sad that you would find people who defend these four individuals who would blame it on upbringing, underlying circumstances, so on and so forth. I mean... To a degree, somebody's upbringing can contribute to how they develop themselves. But when accountability comes into play, that's different. Uh, You have to pay for your mistakes, but I don't even want to say mistake because kidnapping somebody over the course of a couple days, live streaming it on Facebook and having fun torturing him isn't a mistake. It's a huge character flaw, and that's sugarcoating it still even. You're a disgusting human being. I don't even want to call you a human being if you do that to somebody. I don't care who you are. It's wrong if it's four black people and one white guy. It's wrong if it's four white guys and one black guy. It's wrong if it's two black guys, two white guys, and... uh, A Latino. It's wrong because it's wrong. It's wrong because it's wrong. The media seemed awful silent about it. 
the media seemed to want to stress that the white kid had mental instability of some kind. Who cares? That's the other thing that disgusted me by the media because the focus was these four teens did it to a, a mentally handicapped guy. I don't care if the guy wasn't mentally handicapped. It could have been a 100% clear of sound mind individual perfectly capable by himself. And it's still a disgusting act. I don't understand it. I don't understand people that would defend it. Now, mind you, I haven't found mainstream options that are defending it. I heard some people saying it wasn't a hate crime. Here's the thing. There was a group of people calling for it to be a hate crime. But I believe they were calling on it to be a hate crime because it was a white individual and they were shouting, fuck white people. Okay, now, racism isn't exclusive to any one race. Racism is one race discriminating against another race because of race, which is the stupidest reason to discriminate against somebody on the face of the planet. There's something I got to condemn attached to the story as well because Twitter took off with a hashtag BLM kidnapping. They, they immediately attached it to Black Lives Matter and tried to vilify Black Lives Matter, which is a touchy subject amongst people. But not one time in the goddamn video did I hear anybody shout Black Lives Matter or throw out that, uh, that narrative at all nor did I see any anything online of the Black Lives Matter movement heralding and championing, championing, you know, the four people that did this to the man. It was, that was straight up Twitter propaganda. Let's get this trending and, you know, hey, that was also, as I like to say, sorry about the language today, bullshit. Now, Montel Williams, you know Montel Williams, right? I shouldn't have to, if not Wikipedia. Yeah, you thought I was going to say Google. I said Wikipedia. Get over it. Montel Williams posted on his Facebook page, Life in prison, no parole. I'm not interested in whether these kids had a tough life, whether their parents loved them enough. I don't care. Whether this is a hate crime is a distraction and irrelevant. This is cold-blooded torture of an innocent human being. The bigger that That's bigger than a hate crime. It's bigger than racism. Saying fuck white people is racist by definition. Thank you, Montel. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, It's bigger than politics. Life in prison. No parole. If you can do this to another human being once, you can't be trusted to not do it again. My prayers go out to the young man in this disgusting video. I like Montel Williams' approach. Strip away the fact that the individual this was done to had, quote, some type of mental issues. Strip the fact that he was white. Strip the fact that the four were African American. Because none of that matters. None of that matters. When are people going to realize that none of that matters? 
I always have these points where my faith in humanity gets restored from stories because I see that people aren't as divided as I think they are and they're not as hateful as I think they are and then something like this comes out and especially social media social media is is that is is that wonderful like catch it's almost like a catch 22 it's a beautiful thing that we can use and it is a terrible thing all in one you know, like it is a terrible thing why is it a terrible thing because this was shared on social media because like-minded individuals in line with these four people who who tortured an innocent man Because they thought it was funny. They live streamed it on Facebook. Why? Because, oh, hey, look, attention. And look what we're doing to the poor man over here. Funny. We, we got him taped. And he's, he's taped. And we have a knife. And we're cutting up his hoodie. And we're saying, fuck white people. How great is that? How great is that? Literally. I don't care if I sound unprofessional. Your pieces is shit. It's a shame that we have to breathe the same air as you. Really. It's a damn shame. I got to work on my transitions into new topics because we just went through that and now I want to go on to something more. I want to go on to a different story. Uh, I think I could talk way too long about human decency, man. Have some decency at least. You don't have to like everybody. You don't have to love everybody. But at least don't put, at least don't duct tape them, tie them up, and freaking torture them, and live stream it on Facebook. Moving on, moving on. Now this next story, it actually comes from uh, the Glenn Beck program last week. I think it was Friday last week. On his show, he was bringing in the Alexa technology from Amazon. And the uh, the Google Home technology from Google. Now uh, he sat down in the the entire I think first hour of his uh, episode and all throughout the episode, they were comparing and contrasting Alexa with Google Home. Google Home, by the way, seems to be winning out. Uh, Amazon Alexa seems to be a little dumb when it comes to voice activation and finding things on the internet. But they sat there and they played with them, and Glenn Beck is is uh, he was taken aback by this technology and how like amazing it is, uh, because you can just have the Google Home set up. You can say "Okay, Google," it'll kick on, and then whatever you say, it'll search it on the internet. You can tell it to play a song, tell it to find a video, and it'll just play it. He did it. He found his own podcasted program, had it play in the background for a minute, uh, found theme songs to TV shows, things like that. Why was he doing that on his show? It doesn't seem like it. If you ask me, Siri has been around for a while on iPhone, for example, 
and this whole voice activation finding things like it has become really refined technology. Maybe it's just because I'm a, a millennial. I'm a m millennial. And I use this occasionally. But he made me, after, he, after his episode on Friday, it made me think twice about using that kind of technology. Reason being, doom, I'm going to give you a, a story from, it's from December 28th, in fact. This is on CNN. And it's titled, Alexa, can you help us with this murder case? It's another story of technology trying to obtain something from technology without obtaining a search warrant in technology. How about that? How about that? How surprising is it that this is becoming a more commonplace thing? Let me read you some of the article from CNN. Quote, Amazon is pushing back against an Arkansas prosecutor's demand for information from a murder suspect's Echo Smart Speaker setting up another legal battle over investigations quests, investigators' quests for technology-based evidence and American privacy rights. Benton County prosecuting attorney Nathan Smith hopes, to, hopes the voice-activated Echo, which answers users' questions, plays music, reads news, and connects, other, connects to other smart devices, will provide information on how a man came to be found dead in 31-year-old James Bates' hot tub. Bates defense attorney Kimberly Weber stays or says there's nothing useful on the device and applauds Amazon for protecting her client's privacy. Bates, who was arrested in February on suspicion of first degree murder, is presently free on $350,000 bond. A discovery hearing in his case is scheduled for March. As technology becomes more and more integral in daily life, Authorities have increasingly sought evidence from mobile phones, laptops, social media, even the Warcraft video game. I'm going to have to read that story later. Uh, the investigation in the 25... Uh, let me strike away from the article. Remember San Bernardino? There was a big stink over getting into the iPhone because Apple didn't want to provide it. The, it was a bigger case than what it seemed. People thought, why can't they just give up the info? That's the, the, That was a terrorist phone. It's a slippery slope to losing your rights, essentially. That was the case of the government saying, Apple, you will build a key so that we can get into this phone. No, we won't. Get a goddamn warrant, and we'll give you the information. Simple as that. Get a warrant. The main point, though, is why do they want to get this information off the Amazon Echo? Well, further down. <clears throat> Someone present at the night of Colin's death allegedly recalled hearing music streaming through the device that evening. Bates had invited two friends, one of them former Georgia police officer Victor Collins, 47 years old, over to his Bentonville home where they watched college football, drank beer, and shot vodka, according to the search warrant affidavit filed in Benton County Circuit Court. The men decided to get in Bates' hot tub, and Bates said he went to bed around 1 a.m. When he awoke in the morning, Collins was floating face down in the hot tub, the affidavit said. The affidavit said. Bates' attorney, Kimberly Weber, says Collins was Bates' friend and his death was a tragic accident possibly stemming from his drinking. Collins' blood alcohol content at the time of death was 0.32. 0.32. 0.32. 0.32. 0.32. 0.32. 0.32. 0.32. 0.32. 0.32. 0.32. 0.32. 0.32. 0.32. 0.32. 0.32. 0.
four times the legal limit to drive in Arkansas. It's not a murder at all. It's an accident, she said, adding that she feels calling the case against her client circumstantial would be giving it too much credit. Here comes the good bits. Investigators contend in the affidavit there were signs of a struggle, including injuries to Collins and Bates, a broken shot glass, dried blood inside the home, and indications the patio and hot tub had been hosed down before police arrived. Another smart device, Bates' water heater, points to an exorbitant amount of water being used in the early morning hours in what investigators believe was an attempt to cover up a crime. Weber argues the amount of water was unremarkable and nearly equal to the amount of water used in the home 12 hours earlier. What gets me is that they want the Echo device, they want this Alexa device, because they feel the struggle might have been captured on it. Is, is to my understanding. Because these devices are actively listening for the code word. For Alexa, it's Alexa. And for those of you who have Alexa and might be listening, I'm sorry if I'm turning your device on and off and on and off. That's what happened on Glenn Beck's program. People were calling in, you keep turning on my Alexa, you just made it order something. Jesus, calm down. They're constantly listening for the keyword, which makes people believe that it's constantly recording you and in turn that recording is being stored somewhere. To my understanding, and I am not well versed in the backdoor technical aspects of these things, I don't work for Google or Amazon and I don't know people who do, but the microphones are accessed and on pretty much at all times. To my understanding. If that is the case, then yes, it is listening to you. Is it being recorded and stored somewhere? I doubt it. I believe there I believe there are devices that capture about 30 seconds at a time and then dump it because there's no place to cram it or save it for memory. Because audio piles up. I can tell you, I do audio, I do, I do this podcast, I saved every, every episode on this computer, and I can tell you the folder is pretty, pretty, pretty sizable right now, saving the project, the finalized file, so on and so forth. I can't see a company like Amazon or Google just storing it under your file somewhere, like, oh, it, for me, oh, this is everything that Fritz has ever said in the presence of a cell phone while the microphone was on because they would have hours of useless stuff and me acting like a big dork. Anyway, if that's the case, there's even no reason to go after it and it's a useless gesture anyway to try to get the information on it because it's not going to find anything at all. It's not going to find anything. It brought up a good debate from Glenn Beck, though, Make your home a smart home, but who's listening? Who's watching? Who is it accessible to? What are you inviting into your home by using such devices and such such things? I'll tell you to a degree. I mean, like, my computer has a webcam. Uh, I believe it was a while back 
the FBI, I don't think it was the FBI director, but somebody in U.S. intelligence said something about, you might want to put tape over your webcams or whatever, they're accessible at any time. Same thing with your phone, same thing with, you know, the Xbox. The Xbox One has that uh, that sensor bar. I can't, I'm blanking on the name for it of it for some reason. Uh, because I don't have, like, my Xbox One isn't tricked out to be a smart Xbox. I don't have the little camera pointing at me. Because it was supposed to be on at all times. Listening to you at all times. F- listening for you to tell it to turn itself on. Or turn it off. Or turn on a movie. Or whatever. Some of it is convenient, cool technology. Some of it, another aspect of it is the scary... Wait, is somebody watching me? Is somebody on the other side? Is this being stored somewhere? And mostly it's not because you're doing something wrong. It's just that privacy thing. You're in your own home, right? So if you want to sit down on your couch and just shout and be a big old dork, is somebody watching you be a big old dork? Is that is that the case? Nobody wants that. Nobody wants Big Brother being able to just tap into their home at any time. And it's not because you're necessarily doing anything wrong, but at any point, Big Brother can make a law and say you're violating it somehow. You know? Think about how the world goes. Think about this. You have a kid, right? You have a kid? You yell at your kid. Big Brother's watching. That's psychologically damaging to your kid. So now you're paying a fine or you're going to jail, right? It's a doomsday scenario of... You know, Big Brother becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Who watches the Watchmen, right? Who watches the Watchmen? But is it really all that crazy to think that? Now, Apple, Amazon, Google, they all seem to be on the side of the consumer. This is their information. It's private. If you want it, bring a legal means to us. You have a warrant. You have a search warrant, so that we're not violating people's Fourth Amendment rights. Then we're good. That's the uh, that's the hook, at least according to CNN in this article, is that they did have a search warrant and presented it to Amazon. And Amazon still said no. Now that is a little bit of a legal battle that Amazon could lose, because if it's a search warrant signed off and it makes sense, then okay. Cough up the information. I I believe that there's nothing on that smart device that they're going to be able to find stored anywhere that's going to show a murder happened or that's going to back up a murder happening. But, I mean, but the underlying story does make you think a little bit. You're using technology. How much rights do you have? What's the, what? where's the, where are the lines drawn? It's definitely a, like a, a next level debate. When you think about it outside the box. When you think of it outside of the it being the little convenient, okay, Google, uh, search this on the internet for me. Just the fact that there's a blueprint, a thumbprint of, of you on the internet, a digital imprint of whatever you did. Can you imagine if the audio was recording you the entire time and somebody was listening? Think about this. If, if none of this stuff is, quote, protected, somebody could hack into your computer at any time, right? What's to say that they can't hack into your Google Home or your security system at home? That goes into scary territory, does it not? 
Who's watching you? Who's listening? What's in your secret file stored away somewhere miles away that doesn't actually exist because you don't want to magically disappear? <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. And the, the kitties transitioning now. See, I got to work on transitions. The kitties are at play again. Donald Trump getting offended over people criticizing him. Uh, if you watched the Golden Globes last night, which I did not, I don't watch these things anymore. I just see who the winners were. Meryl Streep uh, delivered an emotional speech um, regarding political affiliations and stances and such. I did watch that. I don't think there's anything wrong with Meryl Streep's Golden Globe speech. However, Hollywood... Hollywood's pissing me off, and you guys know I'm not a Donald Trump fan. That doesn't mean I just welcome negativity against Trump or anything of that matter. But Hollywood went the extra mile. Okay, Obamacare, the ACA, was passed with little to no Republican support when Obama was in office. Okay? And now it looks like Republicans are going to nix it with little, with little to no Democratic support. Okay, and this is the 50-50 paradigm that I always go back to. How how the nation is seemingly split down the middle and nobody can find the common ground anymore. The the thing that pisses me off with celebrities is is from minute 1 of Donald Trump being announced the GOP nominee. They were producing these videos, these commercials, okay? It started with the I'm with her commercials for Hillary Clinton. And then when Trump won, it phased to, I mean, Hollywood reacted like, this is impossible. And it phased to videos begging the Electoral College, do your job and block the vote. Even though the electoral votes go to Donald Trump, that's the way it fell. All right, be the voice of the people, be the voice of the two million difference. And... And block Trump, which would have been somehow a justice, which I contend it would not have been. Okay? Two million people, two to three million people is what the number was. We went over that last week, what the actual number as it stands is. And it's about three million people. But when it's 62 million to 60 million, it's not, it's arbitrary in my book. And you know why it's arbitrary? Because I think it was a million people thanks to the ACA, like, lost coverage somewhere. Entirely lost coverage. And the response was, oh, it's a million. It's an arbitrary number. So if a million is arbitrary, so is three in my book. So they pushed to the Electoral College, uh, uh, video commercials begging the Electoral College to stand up and do the right thing. Then that fell through. With, you know, there was a couple of people protesting at the Electoral College votes. And then the verification vote at the Senate. There was a couple of people. You've sold this country out. You've, you've, you've sold out principles and all that stuff. I, I, I'm not saying Donald Trump's a principled man. He's not. He's not. I will be very critical of him as president. As I would anybody sitting in that seat of power. That distinguished seat of power. But anyway, then came, and the current video from Hollywood Now, and if you YouTube them, you'll find them. They're very, 
they're very stupid commercial videos, plain white background, all the celebrities just talking about what's going on. Because celebrities are so very in touch with what the common man's going through. That's I'll get to that in a minute. The current video is them begging Congress to just block anything from Trump. Essentially. They say block anything that's going to uh, interfere with people's life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness. Which is what, I mean, that's what the Constitution was there to protect in the first place. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That's what government's here for, to protect the right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness at its core. That's what the government's for. It's not to manage people's lives. It's not to figure out how to get the best health care to everybody. It's not to figure out how to plan everybody's retirement. It's not what the government's for. It's to protect life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, first and foremost. That's the goal. Hollywood producing these videos. Hollywood trying to tell it like it is. Like I said, there was nothing wrong with Meryl Streep's address. I like Meryl Streep as an actress. But a lot of times I find, you know, okay, I agree with them as an actress. I, or I like, I like them as an actress. I like their work. But I don't agree with their politics. How can I agree with the politics of Hollywood? We always talk about the government being out of touch because of how much money they're making. Uh, people in Hollywood are making ten times as much as anybody in the government is. Ten times as much. But we want to think that Hollywood backs us and that they're in touch with the little man. Okay, I, I, I don't I will never know what it's like. Possibly, you know, I can dream, can I? Right. The American dream says I can dream and maybe get to a do. But I don't know what it's going to be like to go on a job of a movie that takes nine weeks to shoot and get paid 10, 15, 20 million dollars for it. I'll never, I'll probably never see that much cash in my life, ever. When I die and they do the cash flow statements, it'll be pathetic. It'll be like, oh, this guy barely scraped, you know, a million and a half dollars. I don't like Hollywood thinking they're in touch and know what Americans want. Same with our politicians. I mean, our politicians are making six-figure salaries, too. Our politicians are making six-figure salaries and raping on... The, just straight-up raping America on medical benefits, retirement benefits, all that jazz. Hollywood... Making billion dollar movies. Trying to stick up for the little man. But if you ask me, Hollywood is just as out of touch as the men and the women in the suits sitting in Congress are. To a degree. It's not everybody, obviously. There's nice celebrities. There's charitable celebrities. Actually, the celebrities on a grander scale, very charitable people for the most part. But still, stop preaching to me. 
Now, Meryl Streep's was don't be a bully, essentially. Don't don't be a bully. Don't emulate this style of Donald Trump. And I agree with that 100%. I can agree with that 100%. But as I've said to everybody, it, it is what it is. You got four years to get through. And everybody's focused on the ACA right now. The ACA is in the crosshairs. It's the number one thing Republicans want to tackle. Now, if I can sing the praises of somebody, maybe Senator Rand Paul, who, while he wants to repeal the ACA, is condemning the Republican Party for their recent budgetary pass because it adds 9.7 billion dollars of debt over the next 10 years, I believe. And they're more concerned because that legislation targets the ACA and dismantling that. And he's also now criticizing saying if you're going to take away the ACA, you need a replacement to be able to enact day one so you can repeal ACA and put in your replacement. Otherwise, Rand Paul says, you're going to be just as guilty if not more guilty and take the blame for the failings of the ACA. And whether people like it or not, while while the ACA maybe has done a great many things for a great many people... Maybe the premiums were already going up before the ACA and have decreased in the speed that they go up. But the ACA was debated in the Democratic debates about how something needed to be done. So saying that it can't be touched at all is ludicrous because Hillary Clinton was already, oh yeah, the shortcomings of the ACA. I can pull up the clips and play them for you. Same thing with Bernie. There's still underlying problems and, and question marks all around for solutions when it comes to healthcare. Ah, so, that's going to be a wrap for me. One full hour of FritzCast for you in the books. Had a lot to get off my mind for that. So, let's talk about it. At FritzQS on Twitter, the FritzCast Facebook page, social media. Do your thing. Share this, like it, comment on it. Spread it to the world. I'll be back next week. I'm actually planning on some side episodes, too, to put out there. Like I said, the Star Wars one. I could discuss Star Wars, this Doctor Who stuff. I'm getting into all in-depth and stuff, so there'll be things coming out. Believe you me. And more content across the board. See you guys next week.